Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a, another week of End of Regulation. Episode 35 of Season 2. What it do? This is an ode to Julia Rose. If you don't know who that is, you will learn later on. Uh, thank you for joining us here. Welcome. Guten Tag. Let's go ahead and uh, meet the rest of the minds that are going to build this cabin here within the herd. Coming to us live from New York. Had a good little bender with him this weekend. Harry Douglas, how we doing? Uh, we're doing well. It was quite the bender. I didn't even make it out Saturday night. Um, you know, thank goodness for Call of Duty coming out because that really uh, gave me something to do other than the temptation of going back out into the, the concrete jungle that is New York City. I got to say, man, it is truly a concrete jungle. And it on is. Halloween weekend, because of it being on a Thursday, I saw more men in dresses than I, I needed to see in my lifetime. Yep, I saw more Jokers than I needed to see, too, considering the uh, the timing makes sense, but also just considering that, you know, the Joker's a, a pretty bad dude. He's a bad motherfucker. He's just a, he's a bad motherfucker. Uh, well, next up, let's not leave him out here, live from Rich What Richmond, Tommy Lasagna, how we do? I'm doing well. I had a bit of a weekend myself down here. Uh, my good friend Weston Eldridge's birthday, so happy belated Weston, and uh, he had a wrecking crew from Philly come down to visit him, always good catching up with those guys. Uh, I also saw several men in dresses, uh, but being Richmond, I think that's just the scene here. Well, that was my, I, that's what I was trying to understand, that was my predicament, I just was saying, is this, you know, the East Village, is this Soho, you know, the fashion district, or are people in costume? Is this real life or is this costume? I think 90% of it was people in costume. And 10% and, of it is real life. <laughs> and 10% is just people who are like lost souls, you know? Just kind <laughs> of called, losing their way. trendsetters. Trendsetters. All right. Mm -hmm. I like that. Well, let's set a trend. Kick it off with some music. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. Derek Jeter Alright, ladies and gents. Hope you enjoyed that. Got an agenda for you here tonight. Gonna throw some banner at you to kick it off, per use, the fluff and stuff that you just can't get enough. We're going to talk to you about the world of sports, NFL, MLB, UFC, CFB. That stands for college football. If you didn't know, it's all coming at you, so stay tuned. And then we'll close things out with some buzzer beaters and music history. Well, stoked to be here, gents. Uh, took last week off, but I think that's always good. Body needs rest, right? Mind needs rest. So let's warm things up because we're a little slow here. Kick things off with a would you rather. Passed along by a friend of mine. Jack Isom, so appreciate it. <clears throat> Would you rather only fart once a year and have it linger for two weeks and be the most putrid smell you've ever smelled, or stick to your regularly, regular regimented farting schedule, but every time you did, it came out a different color? Uh, well, let me... Let me just say this. I was at a Halloween party Friday night, and somebody shit themselves, and it may have been the most putrid smell in the world. So coming from experience, I would stick to my regimen, and I'd just be that dude with the colored farts, I guess. I'm 100% on board. That was my decision. He called me a sicko, but there are times when I pass gas, and I don't want to be in the same room as, as myself. <laughs> So to have that linger for two weeks, I mean, that's devastating. I, I think it's got to be the, the regular scheduled regimen only because, you know, if, if you're a pro like myself, you're able to control your schedule. Yeah. And God forbid, right, one of those, that once a year blowout comes during a wedding, a funeral, a party, a, a business meeting. You know, a safari. Yeah. If if we're you if know? we're operating on the, the idea that you can't control it, then a absolutely. Give me the color. What would be the bad like the the bad color? Like would they all smell different? 
Like, I, like I don't if think I started there's ripping like... black farts, are people gonna drop dead? I think they're <laughs> M M&M. I think it's like M and M's. You know, they're all the same, or they're all the same taste but different colors. Same situation. Okay. Okay. I just think like if you farted red, people would be wildly concerned. They'd be like, I think you need to go get. <laughs> if if you if you farted like, any sort of gas, people would be concerned. Well, yes, but like green, yellow, like people are like, oh, okay, I've seen that in cartoons and in movies, right? Red, purple, you start to get into those colors, people think this guy's probably dying. There's something <laughs> wrong with this guy. Thanks, thank you, Jack uh, right. Isom. Yeah, uh, very much so appreciated. Well, next up, you guys love it, I love it, the fans love it. Trivia time. Want to uh, get to know how much you know. So, largest continent in the world, what is it? Um, North America. Asia? Correct. Well, we gave two different answers. Asia. Uh, well, I was answering correct uh, to you because you answered second. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right. So one point awarded to Thomas, zero points awarded to you, Harrison. Um, largest ocean in the world? Indian. The Pacific. Two points for Tom, zero points for Harrison. All right. To redeem, to redeem yourself, this is for three points. How many bones are in the human body? 243. Well, when you're a baby, you have like 220 or so, but as an adult, you have 206. <laughs> That's so fucking right. <laughs> fucking don't argue with daddy. That's kind of unfair. I should have started with that one. I, I shouldn't have finished a uh, bonus on a science question. Just, I'll go, we got I'll a go nerd. Over, I'm going to own that over three. I don't give a shit. So do I get double <laughs> points? Do I just beat Harrison yeah. five nothing? Yeah. You're, yeah. Right, Game next over. week we can do like solely questions about European League soccer to help little Harry over here get get back to five. Um, I know I know so much more than Premier League soccer. You wouldn't even be able to fathom how <laughs> much is how much is stuffed up in this brain up here. Yeah, man, like mammals, different species, landscape, uh, architecture, birds, birds. <laughs> birds are dinosaurs, uh, bro. Yeah, they are with feathers, but we'll get into that another day. Roman literature, <laughs> love stories. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and kick off Member Barry Mondays uh, because Harrison had mentioned that Call of Duty Modern Warfare was released. This is essentially a reboot from a childhood favorite back when we were in high school uh, that I pretty much ripped every single day. Probably is a testament to my lack of education. But who cares? Here we are. So we're back, baby. One of the biggest things that is kind of in discussion right now is Fortnite versus Call of Duty. Uh, Call of Duty released this weekend, having had a beta about a month ago, giving uh, users, gamers, a little bit of a taste of what they were going to get. And then all of a sudden, Fortnite fucking shuts down the world, uh, blacking out their servers, as we previously mentioned, and releases Season 2. So there's a, bo uh, there's a bunch of debate right now uh, amongst these two video games. I'll kick it off. I don't think there is a debate here. It it's a weird debate. There are two completely separate games. Kids that are trying to push Call of Duty, Ground Wars, go play Fortnite. And that's what I'm going to do. But if you're a fucking OG ledge and you want to rip it, secure some domination, some flags, then it's, mean, a better, it's a better game overall. It's 100% it's a better game in terms of like the gameplay itself. And, and and just like the the graphics and the cinematography, if you want to call it that, too real. Just just doesn't compare in, in terms of the realism, considering one is like animated <laughs> versus the other. But you're right. I mean, it is two different markets. I mean, Fortnite is going to capture the hearts and souls of those who did not, who were too young to play Modern Warfare One they and Two and the understand. original Black Ops, and that's fine. They don't need to be playing Call of Duty. Honestly, they don't for know kids who Soap playing, is. Yeah, exactly. And, and honestly, for kids playing Fortnite, I don't think they could handle Call of Duty in terms of like how intense it is. Well, the intensity, the chatter, like the communication that happens, I mean, it's just 
it, it puts a grown man in a dark place, let alone a middle like schooler. A, yeah. I, I truly think it would be, like, overwhelming for a younger kid to play. You'd see, like, an uptick in, in, in media and news stories about kids breaking TVs, offing themselves, fighting their parents. So yeah. my my issue, let me, let me just start by saying I am pro Call of Duty. Uh, I've been waiting for this day since... Basically, doesn't sound like it. My only issue is that you have the probably twenty percent of players that just camp and sit there, and it's like, are you really having fun just sitting in a fucking corner waiting for me to run by? Yeah, but a lot of that'll be cleared up. They're gonna continue to add stuff like things in corners, barrels, you know, shit like that, so that people can't do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're always gonna have it. You have it in Fortnite. You have it in yeah, but at least call. at least in Fortnite you have like you know you got to keep moving to an extent, and that's what I can appreciate about the game. Uh, granted, I yeah. suck at it, and that's why I will continue to play Call of Duty. Uh, but it's just something I'd like to see worked out a little bit. Like, get those kids out of here. Give uh, Infinity Wars Ward a call. Yeah, I'm gonna tweet at them. They'd love to hear from you. We should actually see if we get a response. All right, well, next up, to move things along here, something that uh, Harris and I were laughing about a little bit this weekend, car commercials and the adjectives that they use to describe their cars. You know, you always got those Kia commercials and Hyundai commercials that are like, get the 2019 Hyundai Elantra, which is capable, sophisticated, intelligent, and adventurous. Well, quite frankly, I'm hoping that they're all of that because it's a fucking car and and that's a feat all in itself a modern feat <laughs> some um, madman shit if it's intelligent i'm not buying a kia i'm buying a tesla but it's also like who who are you kidding like everyone knows what a hyundai, hyundai elantra is or a honda civic yes they are capable capable in the in the you know in the way that it can drive from point on, A to point yeah, B. Yeah, on four wheels. Great. Are they sophisticated, intelligent, and adventurous? Whatever the fuck that means. No, it's just it's just but a I love, marketing. It's a car that people get. Dads to but buy I love cars. I love that they say capable. I'm hoping that it's capable. Am I buying a car without wheels? This is a good point, and it, it's one of those things that like subconsciously or like you know you don't really recognize it, but then subconsciously when you're looking at the ads, you're like that's. A, that's a capable vehicle right there. It's ridiculous. Adventurous? What, is my car going to go off in the middle of the night and, and go hang out with other Hondas? <laughs> <laughs> like, what does that they, mean? They go camping all on their own. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, man, it's just, it's dumb. It's something I'll never change to. But if you are incapable of deciphering an intelligent car, from like, the, or if you're unable to, you know, decipher whether a Tesla or a Kia is a more intelligent car, then you should probably buy a Kia because, like, you just don't. If you can't tell the difference, then you should. You don't deserve to have a Tesla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm glad we're all on the same page here, and we hope you all are as well. If you enjoy those commercials, go play in traffic. Um, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Before we get into some sports stuff here in the banner section, I want to talk about something uh, that we all suffer through in um, our time of travel, and that is the unspoken battle <clears throat> for the armrest. Whether you're on a plane, train, uh, or you know, automobile or a boat, you know, I don't know if they have armchairs or armrests, but uh, you always have that awkward encounter where you have to decide whether or not you're going to make that move and push in so we want to give you some advice and I want to hear from you guys so that you can help them out our listeners uh, in deciding when you come to that awkward situation do you fucking just press forward or do you submit well this is travel 101 here and every time I'm on a plane or every time I'm buying a plane ticket I always opt for the window seat because you can kind of use the wall to your advantage and like lean that way and you, you I, in my opinion you get a little more room um, but when I get that aisle seat, I am just, I'm such a little beta. I give up so easily because strangers scare well, here's me. The pro here's the problem. I think that there's like an unspoken law that says if you're in the middle seat, you got cucked. If you just, if you chose that seat on your own, you're Ted Bundy. Yeah. Crazy. 
but you kind of deserve the armrest to a certain degree. So I, I, I like the window seat, but I'm a pessimist and always thinking about bad things. So I'm going to be in the aisle. So when shit pops off, I'm the first one off. I see. I mean, I guess that's like, that's, that's so aggressive, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> oh, I'm like, also, oh, really? I'm an, the, I'm an aisle guy. The emergency aisle, you've sat in it before. You've had somebody ask you, are you willing and able to assist others? You're telling me if you're in a situation where the plane doesn't explode upon impact, you're going to be standing there assisting individuals off that motherfucker. No, you're getting off survival <laughs> the fittest in times like that. It really is survival the fittest. Um, but <laughs> In any case, I'm also an aisle guy, not an exit row guy, because aisle actually has the most room on the, on the plane. I, I don't, you know, fuck buses and, and all that, but uh, oh, the aisle buses for right. sure has the most legroom. I'm not even a tall guy, but I still appreciate the legroom. And uh, yeah, and, and if you get the middle seat, then you get both armrests. Simple as that. I'm an I'm an awful human being on planes. I've had I've had people ask me, hey, like, can you switch seats with me? so that my wife and I can sit together. I'm like, yeah, actually, no, sorry. I uh, have bad knee problems. I have to sit in the aisle. Yeah, no. Can't I, do I don't want to sit next to that 450-pound man. Yeah, yeah. Get to step in, lady. Thanks for your time, though. <laughs> um, well, on a, on a little side tangent, uh, you know how much we love to uh, digress here. I was on a bus this weekend. I did fight for the armrest. But funny, even even the best part of it all, on the bus ride, which was an absolute shit show, left an hour late. They took us all off the bus, left us on the side of the highway because it broke down, put us back on, then got us all off again to refuel. What was supposed <laughs> to be four hours took six hours. And the bus driver was so fed up that when we got in, I'm going to read this because I wrote it down verbatim. On spot, my mans announced his retirement. He said, I'm too old for this shit, and I'm buying a one-way ticket out of the country. Really? Respect. Got, Res- off, total got respect. off the bus at Union and just walked. I totally respect that. Legend. Who, where do you think he's going? Just out of curiosity, to do you have bar. any idea? Definitely to a bar. <laughs> yeah, but like if he's buying a one-way ticket out of the country, where, do, where, is, he, where is he going? Oh, oh, out of the country. I have no idea. Is he Probably like, just somewhere going that, to that don't buses. Yeah, yeah, for real. Probably the Bermuda Triangle. He sounded like he wanted to take himself out. <laughs> <laughs> a bar might be easy. Um, all right, well, let's uh, push onwards. Something a little bit more, a uh, little bit more pressing, a little bit more fun and interesting. A little more sporty. The, yeah, a little more sporty. Uh, we've got UFC 244 kicking off this weekend, and we've got two individuals here to kind of walk you through, give you their takes, predictions. Uh, and what to look forward to. So, gentlemen, take it away. Yeah, we got two bad motherfuckers, Harrison and myself, talking about mm-hmm. two of the baddest motherfuckers in the UFC. And that is Jorge Mazdaval and Nate Diaz. And these guys don't really have too many friends in the UFC. I don't think Nate Diaz has any friends in real life, except for his brother. I was about, I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> Um, but this this is going to be an absolute bloodbath, um, especially just the way that Diaz fights. He will just trade punches. He will eat punches, and it's one of, it's one of the reasons why he's one of my like favorite fighters in the UFC. Um, and you have Mazdaval coming off a giant win himself, so it it should by all accounts be a, a great fight, and you should tune in. Nate Diaz, I saw a quote said that he would never retire and would always continue fighting. Yeah, he's well, a savage. He's a savage. He's also, like, borderline brain dead, brain dead yeah. Um, I mean, it's, I think it's a really good fight. It's at MSG, which is pretty exciting. I will not be attending because the tickets are insanely expensive. Uh, it's also a really good card, too. Um, there's, like, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, Kevin Lee, a couple other big-name fighters that are there. And honestly... Diaz is the underdog. I think it's like one, minus 150 for Jorge Masvidal. I think it's plus like 140-something for Diaz. It could really go either way. And and as Tom alluded to, like Diaz's chin is literally made of, of stone. Oh, yeah. Like it, it is the strongest chin I've ever seen in my entire life. And did you guys um, catch that shit? Um, 
something about Jorge saying that he he like I don't know if it was like malicious saying that you know he wanted to play with him, but he was saying something along the lines of not wanting to take Diaz down in the first round. Well, hold on, let me see if I can find this. But continue. They, on. they both have like really, um, you know, exciting backgrounds in terms of fighting. Where Mazdaval was boxing for a while before he joined MMA. And same with Diaz. Diaz has a bit of a boxing background too, but both have really been um, kind of highlighted as their Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And Diaz loves, like, I think he just loves getting punched and, like, the thrill of punching back. But his jiu-jitsu is on point. And, like, he, he can beat you a number of ways. Um, I, I Some of it might be me just, you know, a, a, a little too much heart in it here, but I will be betting on Nate Diaz. Uh, just I, I just think he's the more rounded fighter. Um, but Mazdaval had that monster knee to the face of Ben Askren um, in his last fight, and that was you know just super exciting. So who the fuck knows what he's gonna do? I think I'm I'm so they're fighting at what like one seventy. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't even want to guess. I, I think that's right. So, they're fighting 170. They're both going to, like, bulk up to probably, like, 185 to 190 before the fight. Um, I, I like Masvidal here. I think he's I think he's got all the power in the world to, to knock Nate down. Because um, I'm thinking back to, like, the Connor versus Nate fights. And Connor, his, his biggest problem is that he couldn't match, like, the size of, of Nate. Because yeah. he, he had to bulk up just to even, like, be on, like, a similar weight. Uh, as him even though these guys have to cut to the same weight they always put weight back on before the fight but I think Masvidal is like very comfortable at like 190 he's got all the power in the world you mentioned he used to be a boxer and I think I think Masvidal is is gonna take this fight um you know he hasn't fought in a while neither of them have fought in a while actually uh Masvidal has fought more recently against Ben Askren but I, I like Masvidal here man I think the guy's got all the confidence in the world and uh I think it's gonna be a, a you know, a, a bloody match, though. My my issue with Mazdaval is that I think people are looking at that last fight against Askren and kind of riding that, but Ben Askren just lost again last weekend to Damian Maya, which was an unbelievable fight, and he got tapped mm. again. So I, I don't know if it, you know, kind of rains on that, you know, win that Mazdaval had, but I, like I said, it's going to be one hell of a fight. Card is great. Uh, like you said, Wonder Boy's back, so tune in. Darren Till, yeah, they got a great, yeah, great lineup. And uh, winner of Masvidal and Nate Diaz is the baddest motherfucker in the game. That's right. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Like that's just and the rock, and the rock, dude. The Rock is presenting the belt. That's pretty fucking. That's some bad motherfucker shit. Doesn't that guy have like thirty movies to shoot or something? I thought so, and like God, maybe a couple I, couple books. He's got you, kids clones. to raise. He's got, He's got married. He's got clones. He does. It's just not possible. Well, in uh, other USC news, we mentioned it on our Instagram. I hope you all are just as excited about the return of Mr. Conor McGregor. Uh, Conor McGregor. To, coming to you live January 18th, is that correct? Yeah. Um, and already loving it. Back on social media, completely disrespecting all of Dagestan, Khabib, his family, his lineage. Uh, bottles being thrown at him, quick dodge, love it. Was a little high, so not that impressive, but still good. Um, but I just can't express to you guys how excited I am about this. Uh, regardless of whether he wins or loses, this is going to be pure entertainment from here until then. Uh, I believe Khabib's already uh, said no to a rematch. Yeah, so that so essentially Khabib is like, I've already beaten you. Like you haven't fought in two years. You should have to like climb back up the ranks. That's like what Prove the ground he's standing me, yeah. on, which isn't like. And, and there's two things. One, he's not wrong because Connor has been gone for that long. Who knows like where his skill level is right now? And two, like for, from Connor's perspective, it'd be in his best interest to to get, get some, some fights, fights under his belt. belt. Yeah, like get a couple wins, get some momentum, get that that true like genuine shit talk. I'm like I'm the baddest fucking dude on the planet kind of mentality before he goes back to fight Khabib not to mention it's going to make that fight all all the more bigger if he does yeah. get a couple wins before going to see Khabib 
And it's like he has a cult following, and he'll always have that following. He needs to now regain the love that he had from people who are actual, actually passionate about fighting. Like yeah. the UFC fans. You know, he had an immense following on that side uh, when he started his reign to the top. But then I think, you know, when he became the socialite and this, you know, icon rather than an actual fighter, he really just had, you know, people like us who are on both sides of the fence, like love him as a fighter, but also love the entertainment aspect. So I think I yeah. agree with you. He needs to he needs to get people loving him even more than they already do and go fucking kick some ass. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. Don't tread on me. All right. Tom, I know you wanted to get a little NBA in here, so I'm going to give you uh, a quick segment to talk to us a little bit about Golden State and the current state of the NBA. Tom, you have 15 seconds. Go. Uh, to sum it up, Golden State stinks. Uh, they have, they've gotten embarrassed. They're losing on average by like 25 or 30 points. And I think Draymond Green is already hurt, and it's just like it's Steph Curry and, and a, literally a bunch of no-names. I, I, I'd like to think I follow basketball – a decent amount and I mean it's just it's, it's weird Steve Kerr is playing Curry and D'Angelo Russell on two different lineups and I, I just don't get it like put your best players out there let them work let them you know shoot the lights out and it doesn't seem like Clay Thompson might not play at all this year which is even worse news for the Warriors um so yeah if if you're just a casual fan um the Warriors are not the team to follow. I mean, what I like about it is that we talked last season about how we hated this this shift and how there was this powerhouse, uh, that being Golden State, and really nothing impressive else to watch. And now we've started to see this even distribution in these teams across the country build. And now, you know, Golden State is in this fucking... Yeah, but I, I do have one point to make, and to put it plainly, in the NBA, as far as I'm concerned, and this is not a popular opinion, coaching just doesn't fucking matter. No, not at all. <clears throat> you put you put five Olympians on a team, yeah, they're gonna win a shit ton of games and they're gonna win a shit ton of championships, but and that's all that's coach. that's all that shows me, like. You look at the Miami Heat when they had Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James, and they had like Eric Spolstra, who was like a no-name coach that Pat Riley just put in there as like a as like a puppet, and and they of course they won championships because you're gonna win championships if you have the best players in the league. Coaching does not matter in the NBA. It matters in every other sport. It does not matter nearly to the extent as it does in the NBA. And uh, just to not not to just berate the Warriors here. Um, in terms of upside, uh, the Clippers right now are the team to beat. They had their big face-off at the Staples Center with the LeBron and Lakers, and the Clippers just ran them out um, on their, their quote-unquote home floor. So, you know, as an anti-LeBron James podcast, it's good to see that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the Clippers are legit. Um, the 76ers are legit, and... I love, well, I hate the Sixers, but I love that they're one of the few teams that still run an actual center in their lineup with Joel Embiid and just play that, you know, that, you know, shoulder-to-shoulder, pounded-out basketball, pound the paint. And if Embiid stays healthy, the Sixers will be in it. If KD, I don't know if KD is supposed to come back this year, but when KD does come it's... back, Brooklyn is going to be unstoppable. Like KD, also KD and Kyrie are two of the very same players in the sense that they're kind of just selfish divas. But the fact of the matter is they are unbelievable at their craft, and on the same floor together, it's it's just going to be laughable how good that team is. Um, yeah, you're probably right. I don't think he'll be back this year. I do have my reservations about when he does come back. That being Kevin Durant, when you got a guy that's that lanky. Uh, and, and, you know, over 30 years old, you never really know how well he's going to return from an Achilles injury. So I'm going to hold reservation that he might not be the same player as he was. He might be more of a spot shooter. I could be wrong. Who knows? I'm not following Shoot his me. rehab or anything like that. But different note, Taco Fall, favorite player in the league. Dude, everybody loves Taco. 
That guy's gonna bl- break his knee in seven different places in about a week. He doesn't even jump to to dunk. How can he break his knees? And the he he just looks so fragile. I feel like he does blow him over. On the on the note of the Celtics, though, I will just add this um, from my completely biased opinion. This team is a million times better than last year's team. We lost a tough opener to the Sixers, which is why I'm kind of high on the Sixers. But do not overlook the Boston Celtics. Kemba Walker is a killer. And it's a bunch of young guys who want to play for Brad Stevens. And that's what Brad Stevens needs. It's a bunch of young guys that are going to listen to him and kind of feed off that head coach where, you know, last year it was Diva Kyrie doing what he wanted. And then it was, it was just a bad tone for the locker room. But I love the Celtics yeah. team this year. Do not overlook them either. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good. Fifteen good seconds. 50, yeah, fifteen Time. second NBA rundown. Under my under. Time. No, yep. just 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 over by a minute. Um, all right, let's talk. <clears throat> Whoa, voice cracking. Puberty's hitting. Uh, Joe Flacco, is it time to retire? Yes, without question. You know, you're in a new team. You're not really liked. Um, <laughs> there's no upside to being in Denver. And no one seems to really want to play. Everyone's already talking about the whole tanking and his running with Vic Fangio or whoever the guy uh, head coach is. And yeah, it's just it's just time, man. You got to know when to hang him up. I That's I, I got to respect it though. Um, you know, I granted I don't think Flacco is going to go anywhere and be liked in the NFL at this point. Um, but he went you know twenty for thirty two yesterday, one hundred seventy four yards. That's not really going to cut it, but they also ran the ball 28 times. So that's, you know, more or less 50-50 play calling. And when your team is 2-6, and six, I respect the hell out of the veteran being like, hey, if you want to win games, we're going to have to make plays. Help us make plays by calling the right ones. I don't hate it out of Joe Flacco. Um, unfortunately, I think his time might be done, especially with, you know, the trade deadline coming up. Uh, teams needing quarterbacks, and like you said, they just sold Emmanuel Sanders. Um, you know, I think Bra- is Bradley Chubb hurt right now on defense. Yeah, I, I think yes, he's he out. Is. So it, it might be time to pack it in um, in Denver. But you, shout out Joe Flacco for somebody who I trash talked for the better half of the last ten years. I, I respect the hell out of it. Well. <clears throat> That being said, retire. Um, football still on the docket here. Up next, leading into the NFL, want to talk about Bill Belichick and his 300th win. Plenty of Instagram art that was going around. One of my favorite was him with a bowling glove on, or whatever they call him, uh, doing that kind of fist pump with his 300th <laughs> win trophy. Iconic. Uh, you know, 300 career wins, three and ten in the playoffs, six and three in the Super Bowl. So, numbers speak for themselves. The team speaks for itself. You know, halfway through a perfect season here, so you know, really not much more that can be said. Tom, if you want to shed a tear and pay tribute, you're more than welcome. Uh, no, I think you said that nicely, and you didn't even mention the Giants once. So, good job. Yeah. Well, and so now that you mentioned two, that, so two of the three <laughs> losses in the Super Bowl came to New York Giants, one to the Philadelphia Eagles. So the NFC East literally holds Bill Belichick's balls in the palm of their hands. Well said. I bet, I bet uh, the NFC right. East holds a lot of balls, don't they? <laughs> nice. I see what you did there. Boom roasted. Well, let's kick it off and move into the NFL here um, while we're on the topic. We've got a brief 10-minute week eight of 17 rundown takeaways injuries updates the works san francisco 49ers is first on the docket here they remain undefeated uh they have continued to impress me wanted to continue this conversation we've spoken about it a couple of times now through seven weeks of football um but i think watching them demolish the panthers 51 to 13 not only proved that teams aren't able to get their offense going because of their pass rush, um, but they can also fucking score and score well. And for somebody who's got an offense with a bunch of, I mean, they've got names, but, you know, 
<laughs> not really. I mean, the the only name you need to know is Tevin Coleman, and the dude is running like a madman. Um, and my boy Kittle, don't forget him, man. Oh yeah, Kittle too. But well, the thing with it starts with the, the thing with back. Coleman that the thing I like with Coleman is forever he was like handcuffed in Atlanta by uh, Devonta Freeman. And people always saw like how good he was. He always, even even as a backup running back, he always put up numbers. His ability to catch out of the backfield was like always his kind of his bread and butter in that offense. And it was just a matter of time before before he got his chance to kind of be the the bell cow. And and here we go, pays massive dividends for the 49ers. They, you know, I don't think they had to give up really anything. They they didn't sign him out of free free agency though, right? Uh, I could I couldn't tell you, but I agree. And it's it's even more impressive that he showed up to a crowded backfield um, with Matt Breda, who's kind of the bell cow dating back to last year, two years ago, and he just took the job from him. And being an idiot fantasy football owner, I traded him away in one of my leagues, and lo and behold, he put up fucking forty against me this past weekend. Um, <laughs> can't yeah, you know, I can't be mad at the guy. Hey man, comes back to bite you in the ass <laughs> every time. Um, well, yeah, I, uh, I don't really see with, you know, the 49ers are playing the Cardinals next week on Thursday, I should say this week. Um, I don't know why I said next week, but you know, Seahawks on Monday in two weeks is really kind of their first true challenge. Uh, you know, battle of the Bay, so to say. That's but um, so, sort of. <laughs> they, they are both in that it's corner. More, it's, of more of, it's more of that's more of more of Oakland and San Fran. But you know, I'll give it to you. I think Seattle's yeah, got a yeah, bait yeah, too. Yeah. But you know, like so, you've got the Cardinals, Seahawks, and then they're playing the Cardinals again, and then the Packers. So, you know, with what we've seen them doing, I think you know. These guys are going to continue to fucking impress us and be legit. They're they're about to get tested, yeah. and it'll be interesting to see how. For really, if if you look at the 49ers schedule, really for the first time all season, you know, like you said, Seattle is going to be a big test. Green Bay is going to be even bigger. Green Bay is playing some of the best football in the NFL right now, and they're doing it without their best player in Devontae Adams. So I'm excited to see you know whether the Niners or the Patriots lose first. Um, We'll 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 stay up to beat on that for you. Yeah. Hey Tom. Hey Tom. Real quick. Speaking of Seattle, what is the body of water surrounding Seattle called? I don't know. The fucking the, the trench. No. See. Okay. So now it's three one. It's the Puget Sound. Oh. Yeah. We're gaining ground, baby. We're gaining gaining fucking ground. Yeah, man. You know that's the ground game right there. Uh, just just Her- Harrison, the rock. How, how many moles are in one gram of hydrogen? Seventeen. <laughs> Who cares? Is that even practical? That's not even practical to my two life. Can, two how can many? play this game, buddy. How many? Six point oh two times ten to the twenty third. Yeah. Oh, okay. shut up. Like I said, seventeen. Um. <laughs> all right. Let me ask you guys: Should Chicago be concerned? We talked a little bit about it off script. Let's talk about it on script. Uh, how bad has it gotten for Trubisky? You know, five red zone possessions and attempts. They scored one touchdown. Boot off the field after the first half. Not good. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, man. If they get the opportunity, because they don't—they're not missing much. Their defense is solid. Their O line is probably their most glaring issue outside of Trubisky. But they've got the running game. They've got capable receivers i won't say they've got like amazing receivers and yeah i mean it's time to sound the alarm and you sound the alarm around your quarterback because that's what people do in this league if they have like a top five pick which they very well could depending on how the rest of the season goes i have no idea what the rest of their schedule looks like they could be you know gunning for like a tua or or of jake Fromm or jacob eason i don't know some like one of his top quarterbacks Justin I mean, Herbert, like they're last in the NFC North. They're three and four. They're playing the Eagles, the Lions, the Rams, the Giants. So I mean, you got to go three and those one. Those are all toss-up games. You got to go three and one. Yeah, those are toss-up games. Players. They'll beat they'll beat the Giants because the Giants won't be able to. Their their the Bears defense is gonna 
wreak havoc against the Giants. And but then um, they they close out with Cowboys, Packers, Chiefs, and Vikings. So yeah, that's probably four losses. So that's that's not good. What I what I will say about uh, the Bears and specifically their offense, prayers out to Allen Robinson. Um, you want to talk about not having pieces? I think this guy is a stud. Unfortunately, he has spent his career being thrown to by Mitch Trubisky and Blake Bortles. So let that sink in. Um, also, Matt Nagy should be fired immediately and publicly executed at the Bean in Chicago. <laughs> not not just wow. cut, executed publicly. Executed. <laughs> uh, and it should be the people. You and know? yeah, all Stones. those sad Bears Stones. fans videos. They they should just get like a, a hall pass, like a purge night for Matt Nagy. I like that. <laughs> oh God. Um, all right, last uh, here, just some injury updates for you all. Brandon Cooks has been placed in concussion protocol yet again. Fourth concussion Oof. in less than two years. Not good. Um, you know, like we've mentioned, a lot of these players who have sustained a lot of concussions in a short manner of time have short careers. S- explains a lot about why he has not produced for me for shit on fantasy um, or, you know, even for his team. So that's something to look out for. Um, don't know, you know, who they're planning on replacing him with, but if he's not picked up, grab him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will be looking to do so. It's, uh, his, his name is Pharaoh Cooper. You can go pick him up. He'll be right, available. I'm, I'm on Excellent it. name. Um, J.J. Watt is up next, out for the rest of the season. This is kind of a, a much bigger injury. Uh, Peck torn need surgery. Uh, you know, he's come out and explained how devastated he is but i think bigger picture is devastating for the texans um when was the last time this guy had a a complete season i don't know man probably but like he literally he gets injured more than anyone and i get he's won defensive player of the year a couple times and like that's when he was playing full seasons but i think the last three seasons in a row um, he's a lemon he, he's yeah he's had season-ending injuries halfway through the season when in most cases they've been a competitive team and then he drops out and things sort of hit the oh shit it's a fan so to speak well so what they highlighted is that without the presence of jj watt that veteran presence their secondary already kind of looks like they don't know what the fuck they're doing and and they don't have jadevian and Clowney anymore either yeah. So and and their O line is debatably the worst O line in the NFL. And so they're I I think they're in a lot of trouble to answer the question. And I I don't really have anything to follow that up with. We we were just on a good run there though. Um, there's a million <laughs> reasons to fade the Houston Texans. Um, despite the incredible ability of Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if their defense is going to hold up come you know January. So. Sorry, boys. Yeah. Fade, fade, fade. Fade, fade, fade. Um, all right, next up. Done with the NFL. I think we kept it under 10. ML by World Series review and updates. Um, before we get into this, we've got a very important uh, announcement update that you all need to be aware of. You probably have seen it. If you have not, you need to. It is the reason that we have named the episode what we have named it. But boobs are bouncing in the World Series, and it couldn't be a better time. Like Tom said, one of the greatest times of year with all sports going on. You add a little nudity to it, and fucking a. I mean, what else could you? What could, what more could you ask for? I mean, let's let's call it for what it is. They're supporting breast cancer, so I'm all for it. Julia and, Rose has changed the game forever. Oh yeah, now that's gonna become a thing without a doubt. Also, the girl after the Caps won the uh, Stanley Cup. Mm. She might have started the trend initially. So question, and again, we love to digress. I had a conversation with Taylor. This woman publicly breastfed in front of me, uh, and I like, was so taken aback that I glanced over to see if it was actual. And look, I'm all about it, but don't be surprised if you whip your tit out in public and I look. I mean, were they nice? Eh. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I record in my apartment, so I'm gonna. Did she wait? Did she, did she like look over at you? Like, was there like? Was it kind of like? Oh, a, oh it my was god! So like, awkward. She turned you, away. Yeah. yeah was yeah, she yeah. like? Oh, you perv. She didn't say anything. 
but her body she, movement she probably, said it all, you know? Yeah, I was, she probably I was thought taking it. it back. I said, what? Excuse me? Me? Oh, you've got it. You've got it all, all confused. Yeah. But what I said was, what if I whipped out my dong? Well, you'd get arrested. <laughs> but is that di- is that different? Or what if I whipped out my right butt cheek? Is that different? No, that's if fine. If you whipped out your gong to have your child start feeding, you would definitely be no, arrested. No, 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 you <laughs> sicko. Tom, what's I'm wrong with you, man? Why do you got to go there? I mean, I'm just... If uh, she's whipping out a body part we, like We can't boob, be comparing public, apples and oranges here. We gotta just... You know, what if I pulled out my wang to pee? You got to do what you got to do. Breasts need to relieve milk, and I got to relieve pee. All right, yeah, we'll go with that. Well, yeah, sure. In any case, Julie Rose... Thank you. Um, the biggest story in this World Series, even though it's been a pretty pretty good series so far, um, well, it depends how you think of it. The fact that Nats went up 2 nothing and now Houston has come back. But at the same time, every game the Astros have won has been a complete blowout. And so that part isn't as cool. Um, and, Tom, you'll, co- you'll be able to talk to this, but uh, I don't see how the, how the Astros lose game six. Really so don't. Astros lead series 3-2 just for listeners uh, information if you didn't already know that they're heading to Houston which is not good um, so Tom wanted to hear your thoughts and predictions on this is there going to be a game 7 or is this the end for the Washington Nationals my brain is telling me that this is the end of the line just because I find it difficult to believe that the Nats are going to beat Justin Verlander twice. However, if there's one guy that's going to do it, it's Steven Strasburg. Because Verlander's biggest issue over the last couple of seasons has been uh, the home run ball. He likes to challenge hitters high. His put-away pitch is a high fastball. And if you can, you know, if you can get under that a little bit... Um, you might put one, two, three runs up on the board on him. And when you have Steven Strasburg pitching for you, you know, two or three runs might be all he's going to need. And if for how, sorry, what? No, no, go ahead. I'll, I'll ask afterwards. I, I was just going to say if the, if the nationals, I'm probably going to bet on the nationals to win the series tomorrow. Um, just because if they do win tomorrow night, then they should have Max Scherzer ready to go for Game 7, where Houston is going to be faced with throwing probably Zach Greinke, who hasn't looked great. Um, they'll probably revert back to Garrett Cole coming out of the bullpen on short rest. You know, it, it's the, it'll be the last game of the season. But So that was what I was going to ask. Scherzer was out Game 5, uh, big piece to this Nats team, and a lot say that his lack of presence was – a big reason as to why they got blown out and now game six his status is uncertain uh so with that being said you know are they going to be able to manage a game seven without him in their lineup well if we get to game seven i don't think there's any way in hell unless scherzer gets hit by a bus tomorrow night there is no way in hell that he's going to let some back and neck spasms keep him out from the biggest game of his life Whoa, whoa! Scherzer, uh, Scherzer is he a couldn't, dog. He couldn't put his clothes on, man. Come on, you know he's really, he's really in a bad place. I just, I just think the fact that Dave Martinez threw fucking Joe Ross, who hasn't started a game since like May, into the mix for the game five of the World Series tells me that the Nationals kind of just packed it in. They said, look, we we could exhaust all options here, trying to beat Cole, and we might lose. Or we can kind of concede tonight and wrap up, you know, regroup. Because if you look at how the first two games played out, like the Nationals went down there and, you know, took their took the Astros cookies in their own stadium. So I don't think the whole road factor is going to be as intimidating as people are making it out to be. And just when push comes to shove, Steven Strasburg has been the better pitcher of everybody in this World Series other than Garrett Cole. He's been better than Verlander. He's been better than Scherzer. And he's the guy I want on the hill for game six. And like like I said, I just there's just no way in hell if this goes to game seven that Scherzer is not pitching. And I think I think that's what we're gonna see. Um yeah. Nats and seven just convinced myself. 
Oh, wow. All right. Interesting. I mean, that was what I had said, but more so just because I'd love to be able to. Oh, if the Nats win, I'm coming up this weekend. Oh, man. 100%. I mean, you guys all remember the footage from the uh, Cap Stanley Cup. It was absolute pandemonium, so I'm not going to miss out on it. Um, but Harrison convinced me. I said that I, I don't do parades of other teams because it's almost sacrilegious. But having had not seen a parade from New York, um, it might be cool to experience it. Yeah, and there's none coming anytime soon, so <laughs> <laughs> you might want to get on that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, all right, well, that's all we got for the MLB, unless you want to wrap it up with some last thoughts. But if not, we can close things out, let these people go to go home, finish up, go back to work, go back to pooping, whatever they're doing. Yeah, let's, uh, let's hit some buzzer beaters. All right, hit it. Harry, you're up first, kid. Um, I don't really have a true buzzer beater. I'm just going to talk for the sake of talking for the better Filibuster. part of... Filibuster. Uh, for the better... I'm going to filibuster the shit out of this buzzer beater. <laughs> I'm I'm really annoyed and, and quite frankly just done with Adam Schefter. I've never really been a big fan of the guy of the guy. But this whole like oh Tom Brady's bought a house in New York and he's selling his house in Boston and so is his trainer and all the dots point to Tom Brady like, you know, this being either his last season or or him going to another team. There's Zero shot in, in hell that Tom Brady is going to go anywhere else other than the New England Patriots. If he decides to retire, that's fine. But the fact that he's like that throwing out these speculations that he's going to go to another team or or what have you, and that like he's, it's a foregone conclusion, it's just like, Schefter, I get that you're trying to connect dots, but just shut the fuck up because every single season for the last five seasons, it's been this exact same conversation. Preach, Harry. Preach. And I'm not like defending Tom Brady, but I'm just saying like, like every season that they've been like, oh, like this is definitely your last season. Are you gonna retire? Are you gonna retire? It's like just like shut the hell up. The guy's not gonna tell you when he's gonna retire. He'll retire when he's when he's ready to. So just ask him different questions. Like you're literally gonna. They're like the majority of questions that he gets are that. Why not ask him questions about like you know like they ask Deshaun Watson questions like where he actually breaks down defenses and like you know spits game and spits you know, his knowledge of football. Like, that's way more entertaining than him just saying, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to retire. Like, that's kind of, you know, of course he's going to give that answer. So the media needs to shut the fuck up or I'm going to lose my mind. I'd also, I'd also like to sprinkle in on this that Brady's house went on market in, like, April and local radio was all over this. And so the fact that it's taken Adam Schefter this long to catch on tells me that, He's a little behind the ball here, and uh, yeah, he's just trying to stir the pot because because he's fucking. That's literally Adam what he's Shepard. doing. He thinks he's a smart, and, and he's a dumb little man. And screw potsters, man! Like just just report facts. Enough of this bullshit, like speculation, just to, just to garner you know page views and just to garner listens. Like just spit facts, keep it for what it is, and and just let us enjoy the game. Keep it, keep and enjoy, it you know. Yeah, don't like, paint, like don't paint the water, bro. Don't stirring yuck my the, yum. Stirring the pot, as far as I'm concerned, is some NBA bullshit, diva nonsense bullshit. I'm dumb. Drop Mike. I like that. Mike drop. Tommy, uh, follow up on that. Right, I got three little quick hitters here. Uh, one, the Miami Dolphins are up 14-10 to 10 at halftime at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Fully pulling for the Dolphins right now. Just nobody wants to see an, you know, an 0 for 16 team. Uh, that's one. Number two, uh, back to the NBA real quick. Tyler Harrow, freshman or freshman rookie point guard out of Kentucky, now playing for the Miami Heat, will win the Rookie of the Year this year, and that's just a foregone conclusion. The kid is nasty. If you haven't heard of him, go check him out. Tyler Harrow. Uh, and third, college men basketball starting up soon, and my VCU Rams are ranked 25th nationally. Probably going to be number one soon. Attaboy, Tom. Oh, Rams. Absolute hitters. <clears throat> That's right. Ooh. Well, and, and Patrick Mahomes is reportedly close to returning to action. Let's fucking go. And we and we saw we saw Drew Brees return, which was fantastic. Love the guy. Goat. Um. Well, beautiful people. Thank you as always for joining us here. 
Uh, if you have not already, make sure to go check us out on Twitter and Instagram. We will feed you the stuff that you need to know so that you can keep up to date. Don't be out of the know. Don't be that idiot at work. Additionally, make sure to check us out on all streaming platforms. Subscribe on iTunes and Spotify so you stay up to date with our weekly released episodes. Hope they're keeping you entertained. They entertain the shit out of us, so get on the boat if you're not. To close us out here tonight, ladies and gentlemen, a little music history. 1978, a band called Queen played their first night of their 79-date jazz tour at the Dallas Convention Center. Other acts that have played there, the Beatles, Elvis Presley, and Led Zeppelin. So tonight, to jazz you all up, no matter where you are, a little Bohemian Rhapsody. Look up to the skies and see I'm just a poor I need no Cause I'm easy come, easy go Little high, little low Any way the wind blows Doesn't really matter Devil put aside for me, for me.